I could see what was going to be available. I could see between the people being served. And I made mental notes as I walked down the line and said, I believe I'll have me some of that. Yeah, and that looks good. Boy, I want me some of that. Boy, and I like the looks of that. I'll take me some of that. Now, it's important that you make these decisions because I don't care how prodigious your appetite is. You cannot eat some of everything on a big cafeteria line. So I had to make those choices. Finally, I got my tray and my silver and I came down the line and my choice has already been made, so I wasted no time. I said, I'll take me some of that and give me some of that and I want some of that and I'll have some of that. Got to the end of the line, I reached in my uh, pocket and pulled out my money. The lady held up her hand and she said, no, you don't pay for it until you get ready to go. I said, you mean to tell me you're going to let me eat all of this food and not have to pay for it until I get ready to go? She said, yeah, that's just the way we do it. Well, I can't tell you the number of times I've thought about that because, you see, in one sense of the word, that is exactly like life, the cafeteria line is. In life, we have an incredible assortment of choices of the places we can live, the things we can do, the foods we can eat, the occupations we can follow. An incredible number of choices. That's the way the cafeteria line is. Life is just like that. But on the other end of the scale, life is 180 degrees apart from the cafeteria line. In the cafeteria, you eat and then you pay. But in the game of life, you pay and then you eat. You go to school, you study your lessons, you pass the grade. They move you up to the next grade until you graduate from high school. Then if you go to college, then you study your lessons again. You get your degree. Then if you go on to graduate school. And finally, after all of that is over, you get into your profession and you work a week, a month, or whatever. And then and only then, after you've done all of those things, qualified and then done the work, do you receive the pay. The farmer plows the ground, he plants the seed, he waters it, he fertilizes it, he nurses it along, he kills the insects, and finally the day comes when he can go to the fields and bring it in and take it to the marketplace, and then he cashes it in. That's the way it is. You first pay, and then you receive the benefits. As we look at this segment of personal growth, we're going to be talking about the fact that we've all got to have goals in life. Most of us, you see, are very much like this old boy down home. His wife sent him downtown to buy ham. He came home and she said, honey, you didn't cut the end of it off. He said, you didn't tell me to. She said, well, I thought you knew we always cut the end of the ham off. And he said, why? She said, well, mother always cuts the end of the ham off. He said, well, mama's back in the kitchen. Let's go back there and ask her. So they went to the kitchen and said, mama, how come you cut the end of the ham off? She said, I always cut the end of the ham off because my mama cuts the end of the ham off. So the old boy said, well, let's solve this three-generation mystery right now. They got on the phone long distance. They called Grandma, and they said, Grandma, how come you cut the end of the ham off? She said, I cut the end of the ham off because my roaster is too small. <laughs> <laughs> now, Grandma had a reason for cutting the end of the ham off. But the question is, do you have a reason the reality is that 97% of the people in our society do not have clearly defined, written down goals for their lives. Now, there are four basic reasons they don't have goals. And the first reason actually is because of fear, spelled, of course, F-E-A-R. And this forms an acrostic for false evidence appearing real. 
So many millions of people have been conditioned to believe that there is no use in setting goals because over a period of time, nothing good is going to happen to them anyhow. They've been told a lot of times that you cannot do things, don't expect it. The input basically has been negative. Chad Helmstetter, in his book, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, points out that the average 18-year-old has been told 148,000 times, no, or you can't do it. 77% of our self-talk is negative. Dr. J. Allen Peterson, in his book, The Myth of the Green and Grass, points out that one computer study revealed that over 90% of the daily input in our minds is of a negative nature. And so a lot of people, therefore, simply do not set those goals. They've accumulated some false evidence, but it appears real, and they act accordingly. Because if it appears real as a practical matter, it has the same impact as if it were real. For example, I could go into any city... Just